welcome to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. I am David Lindsay, co-founder, lead educator, and speaker at Phenom Leap Education. At Phenom Leap Education, we believe people have so much more inside of them than they realize. And through our services, we help them become the best versions of themselves possible. Beyond the individual, we also believe that company culture is such a large part in creating a business that not only survives, but will thrive through the tough times as we have all been through the last few years. So over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we'll be shining a spotlight on businesses that have achieved this and how you may be able to incorporate some of their ideas and philosophies into your business. Stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can become a guest on a future podcast. Now is the time to sit back, take down some notes and enjoy this episode of the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. In today's episode, I'm excited to introduce our next guest. He's a real estate investment coach, a two times best-selling author, co-host of the Smart Real Estate Coach, and not just a transaction podcast, as well as Chief Operating Officer at Smart Real Estate Coach, a father, and so much more. Please welcome Zachary Beach. Zach, thank you very much for joining us today. David, I am excited. And if if you have people come on your podcast that are not excited, then then they're missing your energy. So I'm I'm over the top pumped to spend time, you know, all the way from North America, all the way down under with you here today. That's and that's what we're so excited about the fact that we can reach people from all around the globe, from here in Australia to Canada to America, all around the world. And thank you very much for joining us today, Zach. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and your journey? Oh, there's a lot to unpack and uncover. So you tell me how far you want me to go, but um, I, all I the way, of, you know, all the way. <laughs> I have a lot of uh, learning lessons that kind of came up with me in my life. So I grew up, as as I like to say, I grew up in a rich. T- I was a poor kid in a rich town, so I've always had that chip on my shoulder. And I, I eventually actually moved back to that hometown. If you go full circle, but. Uh, as I was growing up, I actually went through a lot of ups and downs. I had a single mother um, and there was never, you know, there was never enough money at the end of the week. She was, she was mm. a fantastic mom, but you know, the finances were never there. I was in a lower middle class, uh, like I said, in a, in a, in a very wealthy area and be not just because of that, but you know, I ended up going through a lot of change and turmoil and things like that. And um, throughout my life, I ended up, you know, getting fallen into the wrong crowds and got mm. addicted to drugs and uh, was was really on that path for a long period of time. Um, and it wasn't until I was probably in my early 20s that I actually got out of that path um, mm. when I started to find personal development. Now, throughout that time frame, I was, you know, battling my my addictions and, and things of that, uh, things of sort. Uh, but, you know, I was able to kind of come out uh, I was able to come out in a, in a better position. So yeah. as I was handling those different challenges, you know, I made it out of high school. And the only reason why I did was because my teacher said I wouldn't, or I couldn't, I went to college <laughs> because everybody, yeah, everybody said I couldn't. So I went <laughs> to college. And then what does every single person, the right mind that had an addiction to drugs in that, uh, that, uh, went to college, well, they would become a bartender. So I became a bartender <laughs> when I graduated from college because I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew that I needed to do something. So I started bartending uh, in Newport, Rhode Island, which uh, we actually have a lot of Australians that, that come up here on the, the cruise ships. 
And uh, so I did that. And I also started personal training for some time as well. And I did that up until uh, I was about 24 years old. And I remember having a very in-depth conversation with my wife because she was also a uh, bartender at the time. And we had a conversation and we were both just so burnt out. Uh, we were just like at a point where uh, we were burning the candle at both ends. I would be up all night bartending and then up really early personal training. Mm. And we just knew that there needed to be a better way. And, and, and at that point in time, I actually reached out to my father-in-law uh, who was re he was basically renewing or, or creating his new real estate business because he got crushed in the 2008 crash. Yeah. So I went to him and I said, Hey, uh, I don't know if I'm going to like real estate or not, but uh, it's going to be better than what I'm doing now. Uh, so that's really where my entrepreneurial journey started. And that's really where the, my entire new development and working on what I have found to be my love of business uh, in real estate. And that's really where that whole thing started. And now it's been you know eight plus years and we've been able to do some amazing things in that time frame with our companies, like hitting the Inc. 5000 twice back to back years. Uh, and constantly growing uh, our companies here now and affecting people across uh, North America uh, mm. in a big way in real estate. So I know that that's kind of the long and short of it uh, <laughs> when it comes to me, but uh, certainly some some great learning lessons throughout that that time frame. Yeah, I, and I love it. And also the journey, I I didn't realize before the bartending that you were going down the complete wrong path. So you've opened my eyes to that. And was there a couple of key key moments that you could have either, you know, there's always a fork in the road at some point. Course, Can you yeah. remember that time? Oh, yeah. Uh, and actually, one of our first Amazon bestselling books in the, the revised edition, I have, I have my story as I'm, I'm sitting at my mom's house. I'm like 21 years old. It's the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and that's when I woke up in a massive panic attack. And I, I started getting them. My dad passed away about two years prior or no, it was about 12 months prior to that. And yeah, I was, I was always surrounded by the, the wrong people for a long period of time. Uh, but then when my dad passed away, I went through a spiral because I really didn't know him too well. And I felt like things were unfinished. Mm. So I really went down a spiral and, and it was a moment in time. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And I, uh, I woke up in a panic attack and I, I thought I was having a heart attack. And really it was just, because there was yeah. such a huge separation. And this is at least mm. where a huge learning lesson for me and kind of how I took it in. There was a huge separation between who I was telling the world I was and who I actually was. So I was really good at being at like being a functioning, you know, drug addict. <laughs> I was very good at it. Like, cause I, I was the one sitting on the couch and I was the one working. I was the one yeah. working out in the gym. I'd be doing whatever, but I would just be, you know, messed up the whole time. Yeah. So I had a really one. good... Yeah, exactly. Because you, you are exactly. functioning and yet you still have that addiction. But yeah, so, sorry to interrupt. I just thought, you know, that no. that's crazy. You hear about the people that are yeah, on the couch, but being a high-functioning drug addict, that, that just blows my mind even more so. And sorry to interrupt. I just, yeah, that was going through my head. No, this is good. This is, I mean, I'm in, I'm in your world, David. This, this, is, this is your world. Um, so so that that was a point in time because I remember literally standing at the top of the stairs, like scared out of my mind. I happened to be at my mom's house at the time. Uh, and I was yelling to her, just like yelling to my mom, like, mm. Mom, I don't know what's going on. I need help. Uh, so I, I confessed to her at that point in time and I checked into an outpatient um, therapy, did that for some time. So I was I was driving back and forth from my college to central Massachusetts where I lived to go uh, two or three days a week to outpatient therapy. And really what that time frame, and this is really where 
things started to evolve for me. Because really, that's why I drew the line in the sand at mm. that point. Down. I said, I'm no longer doing this. I, I need to change. Yeah. So I drew the line in the sand at that point in time. And this is really where my personal development started to change. This is where I started to realize that if I change everything internally, that the world will change. And, yes. and I'm a prime example for that now. And so what I started doing was I went back to my roots as I'm a, like I said, I'm a train, like I played football, American football <laughs> uh, for, for my entire life. Um, and I went back to what I knew. I said, my confidence is at an all time low. Like, and mm-hmm. I, I've always been a super confident person, but when, when, when you're having, you know, that when you're going through that type of, you know, fallout rock bottom where, you know, your, your confidence is shot. I knew I had to start working on it again. So what I did was I went back to the gym. I didn't know how to work on my mind just yet. I, I, I didn't figure that out, but I knew how to work on my body. Yeah. So I started working on my body. And what I did was every single day I started going to the gym. And then what I would do at the gym is I started putting earbuds in my, my ears mm-hmm. and I started listening to motivational YouTube videos instead of listening to music. I said, this seems like a good idea. So I started listening yeah. to like Bob Proctor and Tony Robbins and, Les Brown, you name it. And what yeah. it did was during that time from when I was rebuilding my body is it started to rebuild my mind. And those were my first steps into, mm-hmm. you know, my, my development world and, you know, first steps in getting back on track and then eventually completely going a, a completely different direction, which brought me where I am here today. Yeah. And I, I love what you said, because just before we started, I was listening to Les Brown as well and Eric Thomas. But like you said, you didn't know where to start with your mind. But you went back to what you knew and you started improving your body. But then, like you said, putting the earbuds in, listening to the motivational stuff where people think, oh, I'm going to listen to it once and that's going to change my life. But it's not. It's that repeated process, just like just like building a muscle in the gym. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And what I, what I noticed over time was because when you start when you listen to people of that caliber, Mm. Uh, and they're really good at telling stories, right? So when you're listening to people of that caliber, you start to connect to their story. Mm. And that's where that's where it started infusing me of saying, all right, well, you know, Les Brown, he was uh, the person that grew up in Miami, you know, homeless. And everyone mm. told him he was illiterate. So you start to like get, you start to start bridging the messages. Bob Proctor talks about how he was always in trouble and he like just barely <laughs> figured it out. Uh, by being a firefighter and he was the laziest firefighter there ever was like <laughs> you start to bring those stories together and you start to think to myself oh if they can be where they mm. are now on that youtube video uh and they can talk about the story that they originally were and they made that huge gap well then why can't i start doing that and i didn't know how i was going to get there and i still i still know how i'm going to get to my big goals but it's one step at a time and that's really yeah. where my mind started to shift of, oh, Zach, you can actually choose the direction of your life. Because mm. up until that point, I felt as though I didn't have a choice. I was just, you know, kind of on set on the path that yeah. was kind of set for me. So I, I realized then I had a choice of making a different uh, decision in my life. And that's certainly what I did. And and I love that. And that's why I sort of wanted to go down that track, because many listeners, you know, they might be whether they're high up in their work or they're, they're an employee, they might just be plodding along going, man, these people, because I know I was the same. You see these people, the Tony Robbins, although the big guys up there and you go, they're gods. I can't do that. 
But then you look into their backstory, like you said, with Les Brown, where he was um, illiterate. They called him the dumb twin. You have uh, Eric Thomas, where he lived on the streets as well. And all of these guys, you backtrack and you go, man, I'm actually in a better position than where they were. And mm-hmm. you're just those little incremental steps. Over time, you look back. Like, no doubt you look back at your life and go, I can't even believe it. That one decision that you made really transformed your life. Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of, uh, like, following the energy as well. Because mm. uh, we consistently, if, if you're if you're getting, you know, really in, you know, utilize your intuition. Uh, mm. And something that I'm constantly working on. So don't, don't, don't make it seem <laughs> like I'm a master at this at all. But what I've learned over, especially over the past about three to five years, is I've learned that um, I can always grip on everything and make things happen. Like, that's how I built my entire life. It was originally mm. was I'm just going to work hard. I'm just going to grip it. And I'm just going to keep forcing it and forcing it and forcing it. I'm going to beat it into submission until I reach my goal. <laughs> but it wasn't until like over the past say, about three years that I realized, hey, why don't I just keep I'll, I'll try this and keep trying. But if I keep hitting my head against the wall. Well, maybe I try something different and mm. let's see if I get a different result. And that has now set me on a is, is now kind of accelerated my path um, where it just sometimes things just line up. You just keep trying things. You keep putting things forward. And then all of a sudden it just clicks and you're like, oh, that's when it's supposed to happen because it's yeah. supposed to it, because it becomes easy. It almost becomes fluid yeah. uh, instead of constantly beating your head against the, the wall until it breaks. Uh, and then you force your path, but there's yeah. all, you can do it, but it's going to take a lot more out of you versus kind of fall on that energy. Yeah. And just so I get this straight, like, cause I, I understand the concept, but for the listeners is it's you're at this place and your end goal is here. It's not changing the end goal, but it's merely oh, no, changing the not. direction that you go to get there. So yeah, like instead of hitting your head against a wall, step back and maybe walk around it or see that door <laughs> or see that ladder up and over. So, cause a lot of people, they go, Oh, I've tried this. So they just give up on it completely. Whereas oh, yeah. that, that's no. not what you're saying at great, all. Just great point, angle. David. No, I'm glad you, I'm glad you hit on that. Cause yeah, it's not about changing the end destination. That's, mm. that's not it at all. Uh, Bob Proctor says it's pretty well. It's like, you know, you, when you're, when you're looking for an end destination, uh, don't force the path. Just know the end destination and then follow the energy through the path mm. so, uh, that will bring you to the right place. Because sometimes you take an act, you take a right and it gets you there 10 times faster. But yeah. you have, at least for me, sometimes I focus too much on the how. Yeah. Uh, not the why. You know, you focus too much on how you're going to get there. How am I going to get there? What's the next step? How do I strategically make my moves there? Instead mm. of being like, okay, I know the destination. Let's now just keep putting in the work putting our way for it and then be open to options as they come towards you mm. uh, instead of holding on to, I need to do it this way. Yeah. Usually if we let go, at least that's been my experience, then it tends to bring you to a path a little bit, a little bit more quickly. Yeah, for sure. Like with that, where yeah, you might, might have that path where you want to go straight, but then as with your life, when you, you are on the drugs, you have that T junction, like with things yep. in business and you'd see in the real estate, especially over the last, what three years that that would have gone absolutely bonkers so like what what have you done over the last three years with um you know the world shutting down what's mm-hmm. a couple of little things that you found has worked for you to at that t-junction whether go left or go right yeah i'm, I'm glad you brought this up because 
when COVID hit, it was, it was interesting. Um, mm. As a as a partnership, as a company, many people were so there were there are very similar companies just like ours that that fell apart and are no longer no longer here. And we actually grew that we hit Inc. Five thousand through COVID yeah. uh, twice. That's insane, well done. And the reason I I don't I, yeah I appreciate that. Um, but the reason why is because we we had this this saying we said double down like that was mm. our saying the entire time like don't like these are the times where we need to put our foot on the gas this isn't where yeah. we hide this isn't where we go sit in our house and um and you know sit back and hopefully the world's okay no this is where we make our mark this is where mm. we keep pushing forward so within our real estate business uh when there's uncertainty and transition like right now our real estate niche is blown up. Like creative financing real estate is taking off just like when COVID hit. And yeah. it's because people need new solutions when there's challenges that they never thought they would face. So now they're looking for alternative options. So mm. we knew just like anything, uh, when you're faced with adversity, now's the time where yeah. you make the move. It's not, you don't backpedal. So we had a huge thing. We said, double down, double down, double down. We, we spread that entire, our, across our entire company entire community we said we got the flag now we're going after it yeah because everyone else is sitting back and that's when we started making our moves so um that was a big fork in the road the way you put it there was that t-junction where we could have said you know what I i'm a i'm living okay i'll just go wait mm. out the next six months and see what happens yeah instead what we did is we took the right hand turn and we said no we're we're sprinting it is sprint mode now yeah. we're doubling down and seeing what happens in that that moment is what really it, you know built our business to propel moving forward because now it's proven that this business operates in all shifting markets when anything's happening we're getting after it yeah and cuz i i love the way that you mentioned that because you know my background as well is sports training all that sort of stuff and it's like you take the opportunity in sports when the other team when they have that little lag when they have that little rest businesses don't rest with you when they're pulling back that's a perfect time to accelerate and to break through that gap mm. and as a business it, I, I think that's a brilliant way to look at it you don't sit back and wait for the world to come to you you go to the world and you create the world so with with your staff as well is because this is all about the culture as well how did you find the right people to create that culture that you know had the strength had the mindset to double down on it. Yeah, it was a lot of the work we did in the past uh, with uh, with the beginning of our company, or at least the transition, the evolution of our company. Mm. We spent a heck of a lot of time on our mission, so our long term goal. We spent a heck of a lot of time on our values, so how we want to do and reach that goal, like how we actually do it. What. Um, and then also we had a very strong purpose, like why we're actually doing this business. And because we did all of that foundational work, it mm -hmm. wasn't that we had to go find people. They were already there because yeah. they, they had the culture. Mm -hmm. We just then said, here's how we're going to lead you through this challenge. Yeah. Um, and they all trusted because they all lived exactly the core values that, that we lived at the time, which are like, one of them was like constantly innovate and improve. So as a challenge popped up, we were all looking for solutions. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, how do we, you know, like, like that's all run scared. You know, mm. Everybody had the moment. Don't get me wrong. Every person out there. And if you said that 
you didn't have the Everyone moment in the world like, oh that. shit yeah. like yeah. what what is this <laughs> but after that after you take the deep breath now it's how you react it's just like mm. sports it's like you, you're you're gonna get knocked down you're gonna go through pain but yeah. how do you react i heard uh, something this morning that uh from colin o- o'brady i believe is his name um he's the one that is the first person to uh free walk across antarctica and okay. he said uh great episode with my lad he got he got interviewed so he said he said something very specific he said that everyone is going to go through pain in life but not everyone has to suffer mm. so so that was that was the moment where it was yeah we're all feeling pain right now but i'm not going to sit back and suffer yeah no i'm going to start taking action so now what we did is we were looking for solutions we weren't we weren't the ones sitting back so uh the the team, the community, uh, all of our real estate investors that were attached to, everyone was looking for solutions. And we doubled yeah. down and found them and started providing solutions to the people that uh, in the real estate market didn't know that there was a solution. So we ensured that people knew. And yeah, that's, that's a, that was one of the big moves you made. That That's brilliant. So it's yeah, creating that foundation so that it also, I guess, in a way, gives people that freedom to, to look outside the box as opposed to just staying within their nice little package. No, it's about constantly learning, innovating, coming up with different ideas and know that, okay, some of them may not work, but at least we learn from it. Yeah, be, so when you do that foundational work, or, or the, it really paid off for us because I think mm. there's that, I'm going to butcher the saying, but people say you don't write, you don't rise to the occasion. You like fall to your habits, you fall to yes. your norms, your expectations. Yeah. So because that culture was so ingrained, we just fell back to what we already knew. And that was the push forward. That was yeah. already part of our culture. So um, it's constantly it's just making it full circle. It's like it's the the choices in the uh, in the per, in the development that not mm-hmm. only did we do individually, but we did as a company uh, and that we teach people as the investors our, our three main pillars that we call our genius. Uh, model is mindset, skill set, system. So the mindset portion of being an entrepreneur and as a real estate investor was tested at that point in time. Yeah. But we knew that if we focus on that development consistently with our um, with our students, that they will, you know, they'll be able to fall back into those habits they've already mm. created so that way they can rise to the occasion. And that's what they did. Yeah. Because I, I love that as well, because I've got the three pillars. Well, it's a three pillars of high performance. And again, the first one, is mindset. So just like how important the mindset is to when you have that tough time to not just go sit back in the corner and cry with everyone else, but to rise to the occasion and stand up to it. Because you've mentioned a few times as well, and I I love it, the personal development, you spend time with your earbuds in while you're training, doing the personal development, no doubt doing course after course, but then you haven't just instilled that in you but you've got that in your company. Oh, it's so important. Um, I, I can't stress it enough. It's the number one thing and one of the number one reasons why I'm so glad that I took this journey, uh, which started with kind of going through my drug habit that focused mm. me on personal development, which then led to uh, become an entrepreneur, which then led for me to love business. Um, yeah. And the all the entire common uh string of the entire thing is the number one thing you have to do is focus on the development of you and the world changes around you yeah uh, so it, it's 
it's the amount of value. So if you want to build a, a big company, you just have to work on yourself enough where you bring enough value and you can lead enough people mm. in order to drive that company. So when we look at income goals, like we all have them, it's just, all right, well, let's go back to the foundation and say, how do I work on me in order to bring more mm. value to the world? So that way my income raises, or if I want to be an, like, if I want to influence more people, how do I bring more value after I work on me? So that way I can have a better message to then mm. move people. Uh, and that's so every time I always go back to that because that's the biggest difference. Yeah. Cause it's like so many people that, that I know that I've dealt with in the past and now as well, where they, they want that bigger income they want, or but they, they refuse to work on themselves. Like you said, to add value to themselves because the world is going to pay the value that you bring to it. hundred percent. You you're never gonna you're never gonna make more money than you're worth, uh, mm. and it's it's always gonna fall back on your development and, and what you bring to the world. Yeah, and one thing that I've noticed as well with myself, and like I'd I'd love to get your thoughts on this on your own journey because I was thinking about it only what two or three weeks ago. Going, would have I followed the David that was 18, 19, 20. and I go back and I think about where I was in life. I thought that I was a leader. I'd I thought that I was, a, you know, a big shot. But looking back in hindsight, you know, they say he's 2020. But there's no way that I would have trusted a 20-year-old David. Whereas now, like, I've, I've got team behind me. I've got, I'm out there talking to people. I go, yeah, I've become a person that I would happily follow. And my belief is if I wouldn't follow myself, how can I expect other people to follow me? So I'd just love to get your thought on that with your own journey? Oh, that's that's probably been one of the toughest parts of my entrepreneur journey. Um, mm. I We went through, as we were going through growth spurts, I mean, there was multiple teammates that left because I wasn't a good leader. Mm. Um, and that's, that is a heck of an ego pill to swallow. <laughs> Kicking uh, the I guts. promise you that. Yeah. yeah. There was a point in time where there was multiple people that left and and it was a direct correlation of how I was as a leader. Mm. Um, and what I had to do was just like any other moment, talk about another pivotal moment. And that was, all right, do I blame them and say, no, it's them. Let them leave. Yeah. Or do I look in the mirror and say, what could I have done better? Mm. Uh, and how do I now push forward to become a better leader? That way we can continue to grow this company and I can continue to grow personally. So I, over the next 12 months after that, I had multiple leadership coaches and yeah. I would literally before make any decision with a teammate before my meetings, I would call a coach and say, here's what I'm thinking. Should mm -hmm. I, should I communicate this way? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, and then after the meeting, Hey, this is what happened. Can you tell me how I should handle the follow-up now on this? Yeah. And I just consistently do it. And, and I always have a coach, like no matter what, there's always at least one coach in my world because mm. that's how I, that's how I shortcut yeah, <laughs> the world in, in, in the best way. So I couldn't agree more with the Zach, you know, even a year ago is, is not as good of a leader as the Zach today. And certainly yeah. the Zach, when I was 20 years old, I wouldn't have trusted either. Uh, he wasn't even trusting himself at that point. In time. So <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a big thing, but being a leader is, it's a lot of responsibility. Mm. You, you, of course, you get the, you get the good and the bad, right? Because mm. if you're an owner of a company and your company does well, everyone praises you. But when, when the company is crap, you also have to be the one that accepts that it's yeah. you. Cause it, 100%. it's that book, extreme ownership. 
I love it. I um, love it. Yeah. And that's it. It's it stops and ends with you uh, when yeah. you're the leader, and you can't blame anyone else because more than likely, if your teammate did something, it's because you weren't leading them well enough. You yeah. know, to either provide them enough support, enough learning, enough training, uh, in order to get them to uh, to make the right decision. So uh, yeah. that's a little bit of my journey yeah, no, there. Thank you very much for that. And one thing that well, you said a lot of things there, but two things sorry that really hit home is to have the introspection to be able to step back and look at the the person in the mirror where it's not blaming them. They didn't listen to me. It's where did I go wrong? And then not just that, but taking it to that next step, like you said, of having coaches because we have it in sport. We have it in, in all different areas. Why not have a business coach? As you said, that speeds up the process so much quicker. Have mentors, surround yourself with, with the people that can really help knuckle you down and get you pointed in the right direction. Probably one of the biggest things I've uh, I had in my life is is constantly having a mentor or a coach or somebody that's at least three to five years, if not ten years, ahead of me. Mm. Is uh, it's it's an interesting thing. We had a conversation with uh, a, a person I would consider as a mentor, and he said, "It's strange how in in school they teach you that if you go to somebody that has the answers, like like has the answers to the test." And you either pay them or ask them for it. It's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> but when you get into the yeah. real world, you your job is to shortcut that as quickly as possible mm. and pay somebody to give you the answers so that yeah. way you can progress more quickly. Because that that's how everyone becomes wealthy, yeah. becomes a better leader or better at fitness. Like you hire yeah. a trainer, like tell me how to eat. But in in school, they'll say, "Oh, that's cheating. You got to figure it yeah. out on your own," which is the wrong thing to instill. So it's just it's sure. an interesting concept. Uh, but you know, I have certainly learned that that is not the right way to do it. You've got to go get a coach. <laughs> you know, I'd never thought of it that way, but that, that is a perfect way to look at things where you, know, you, you want someone with the answers that's been there, that's done that. And you're not just looking at people say in school that are in, if you're in year six, you're not looking for people that are in year six. You're looking for people that are in university that have been there years ahead that can go, okay, this, this, try this. And the accountability as well. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It's it's about surrounding yourself with the right people. That's the biggest lesson I've learned in my life. Yeah, Doesn't and I'm very conscious. Of, oh, sorry, I'm very conscious of the time. I don't want to take up too much more of your time because I I do I just get carried away with all of these these podcasts. The conversations are just brilliant. But Zach, I, what is three pieces of advice that you could go if you could go back to a 15 year old Zach? Just <laughs> And I say a 15-year-old, yeah. Zach, not your son or daughter, because yeah. they'll just go, oh, dad, yeah. that, you know, dads know. don't know anything. Uh, I know. It's so funny. Uh, well, I would say the biggest piece of advice is number one is uh, surround yourself with the right people. I mean, I think if I just, if I just gave myself that one piece of advice, mm. just say, Zach, just surround yourself with the people that are ambitious, that want to get after, and that they really want to have a, an amazing life. Like that's the people you want to be around. Yeah. Uh, instead of getting stuck in some bad habits and in some bad places because of the people I surround myself with. So if I, I literally, I think that's the only piece mm. because even as I get asked this a lot, and they always say, "All right, well, go back to your old self, and would you tell yourself anything different?" And I typically say no because. Like I'm not here unless 
I learned all of those. Like, yeah. I would be a complete different person if I didn't go through the habits. If I didn't go through, you know, all the challenges that I went through in my life. I didn't mm. come from the household I came up with. So I wouldn't want to change anything um, from it. But, you know, a yeah. piece of advice to the 15-year-old, Zach, man, do 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 better. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love that advice as well because I had a conversation with my wife only about a month ago. And she goes, you don't have much regrets. So you're going to go, no, I try to live my life without having regrets because you can't do anything about the past. You can learn from it. You can become a better person as a result of it, but you can't cry there and go. One of my biggest fears as well is that when I get to 70, 80, 90, a hundred years old to be sitting on my porch and going, if only, if only I had have done this, if only I had have done that. And I go, no, let's stop with the If only let's just do it. And if I fall, okay, what, what caused me to fall? What's the learning point? So that that's very much with like what you said, surround yourself with people, but you're not going to say, don't do this, don't do that, because you you wouldn't be the Zach that you are today without that hardship. Mm, I couldn't agree with you more, David. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. And as, as we wrap up, Zach, would you be able to tell our listeners who would be your ideal client and how everyone can get in contact with you anyway? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you asking. So um, the people that we tend to uh, accelerate and help advance in their uh, in real estate are people that are uh, interested in really becoming full time in real estate. We would say that we specialize and help people with an escape plan from their jobs <laughs> and want to become their own boss. So we, we've helped out so many people yeah. utilizing our creative financing method in our, in our system uh, that we created to be able to go from zero real estate deals to building a seven figure business and be able to leave their jobs mm. and uh, a great place for each and every one of you to start. Anyone that's listening, I'd be happy to send you out our uh, first Amazon bestselling book, a real estate on your terms. All you have to do is go to wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash David. That's just wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash David. Go ahead and grab your copy and we'll ship it out to you for free. Beautiful. And everyone, I'd recommend that because Zach, doing some research on you as well, you can get that momentum going without the help of the banks as well. That's one of your, your big things, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, my man. We'll have to come back and we'll dive into the actual real estate strategy. So we'll keep everyone on the edge of their seats today. Beautiful. And I'm sure that they are. And everyone reach out and do get that book because it's a great read and well worth it. But Zach, thank you very much for spending time with us all the way from America to Sydney and beyond. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight podcast. If you're a successful Chief Operations Officer, Human Resource Manager, or someone that runs a successful business that also has a great company culture, and you believe that you have a story to share with the wider community and would like to be a guest on a future podcast, please visit the link below. Or if you can think of anyone who you know would be a brilliant guest on this podcast, tag them in. And as always, feel free to share this far and wide. The further we can get this podcast, the more impact we can have. So don't forget to share this on all social media platforms and help others along the way. Don't forget to tag the DCCS podcast as I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. As we post regularly, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss episodes that will possibly help your business ramp up to a whole nother level. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping us get recognized and to promote the show. And they mean a lot to my team and I. 
If you want to know more, go to our website, www.phenomleap.com.au. P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P.com.au. Or follow me on LinkedIn and feel free to message me there. Thank you very much for listening and we look forward to giving you more tips on next week's episode.